Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It is the 11th of October, I believe. Someone can fact check that if they want to. I just did. It is correct. Ugh, I'm not really on a roll with dates lately. Doing well with that. Uh, Lakers last night, they win 123-113. to 113. That is a Wednesday night against the Golden State Warriors. Second to last preseason game, Andy, what do they call it, like the penultimate? Is that the word? Well, it really has become penultimate because these last two games that they're playing are against the Warriors, and you, and you could see last night the heightened level of engagement with the Lakers, and in particular with LeBron going into this game. You could see that from top to bottom, everybody actually cared yeah. about it was this. Like, it was, was like the week game. three Game, like preseason game in the NFL. Yeah. Like that's the one everyone takes seriously. They play again Friday night. Lonzo will probably play a little bit. I was going to say, well, it Guys helped. will play a little it bit. It helped, too, that Lonzo was actually for the first time available. Right. I'm so, just saying in terms of, like, who's going to play on Friday, everyone, my guys might see the floor, but they're not. it's not going to be treated in the same way as Wednesday's game was, I don't think. We'll see. Um, but you mentioned Lonzo. That was really the big story. I mean, LeBron was great. But LeBron's been LeBron throughout the entire preseason. It's not like we've been sitting there going, guys, uh, LeBron doesn't look right. No, but he really he, he cranked this it, game. No, he, he cranked it up and he was more into this game. I think we got a better idea of what it's going to look like when LeBron isn't sort of more focused on let's get everybody else going. Let's kind of uh, let me take a step back to let other people uh, do like this was regular season LeBron and it was cool. It was thir- it was 15 and 10 with I think five assists. Uh, and uh, you know, steal in 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 like seventeen minutes. LeBron still very good. Okay, moving on. Um, it was the first night that Lonzo was on the floor, like you mentioned, Andy, and uh, it was important to see it in a lot of ways. First, because it shows that he's healthy and able to play. So that's step one. Lonzo can actually get on the floor. A few weeks ago, we were a little concerned because he wasn't doing contact, and the Lakers were kind of cagey about it and all this stuff. Last night, he was on the floor. First half, he admitted he was really fatigued. But the second half, he showed a little bit more. He finished a good finish at the rim against Clay Thompson, got himself to the free throw line. He was a plus eight, kind of doing Lonzo stuff. Four steals. Right. You know, And the, the, the points weren't there, only seven. Overall, though, it was a str- I thought it was a good reintroduction to the lineup, and you got a feel for what it means for the Lakers to have him there. Well, it just to me, there was so much more structure and cohesion with that second unit, which has been a mess since the preseason began because you've only had LeBron and Rajon Rondo as either true point guards or in LeBron, you know, LeBron's whatever the hell you wanted to play in whatever the hell moment. But that second unit was often playing without either one of them, and you've got guys... Uh, like, and often, like, so no Rondo, no, no Lonzo, right. no LeBron. Right, like, exactly. None of so your primary right, ball moves. Exactly, and you had guys like Lance Stevenson or you know Josh Hart, who really are not either capable or, I think, just the right guys to be your primary... They're not point guards. Right, your primary well, tables that Lance thinks he often can right. be, but he's but, not. But they're not. And... What I noticed immediately with Lonzo out there, even not playing, I think, at the height of his capabilities, he's still got to clearly, get himself clearly back better, in. Clearly, better not have been. Everybody else settles down, mm-hmm. and everybody else was trying to do less and felt less pressure to create beyond their capabilities. Even when Lonzo wasn't out there you know, setting the table on every single possession, just less is going to be more with a lot of these guys, I, I think in particular with Lance, Lance being a secondary 
ball handler, secondary table setter will go a long way towards making the second unit better. Well, look, I mean, there's it's a trickle down because you know, like last year, Brandon Ingram did a really good job serving as the the, the backup point guard, um, you know, really the starting point guard when Lonzo went down. That's still not what you want him to be doing as a primary part of his job now. And he's better at it than than some of the other guys. I mean, you know, Hart is is a really is a good player, but he's not a point guard. Lance Stevenson certainly not a point guard. He's better. He's better at that stuff. Or let me rephrase. He is in theory <laughs> better at that stuff than other shooting guards, small forward types. In theory, <laughs> a lot of dribbles. Isn't uh, in, in theory. You know where I stand. That guy plays. You know where I stand on Lance. Lance Stevenson's style playing basketball is a lot like the dude on the boardwalk running a shell game. There's just like a lot of activity before you eventually find the little ball under the shell. I I got a feeling like people are a lot of people are comparing him in terms of like the fun and the energy and all that to Nick Young. I I'm I'm going to I got a real suspicion that I'm going to find Lance infinitely more frustrating than I did Nick Young because like Nick. For all of his stuff, like Nick stayed in his lane. No, no, like Nick, Nick's lane was no, real Nick, well defined. Nick shot the ball every single time he touched it, right? But he do it quickly. But if quickly, nothing else, if nothing else, he did not waste possessions. You know, he had four dribbles max. Right. He didn't. He didn't derail the offense. He just ended it. Yes, <laughs> that was exactly. it. Like the ball got to Nick. Nick shoots the ball. That's the end. And Let's he's a more back. efficient uh, offensive player than Lance. Too. But, but I just. You know, I'm down on the Lance thing because I didn't think it was a really that good of an idea to begin with because he wasn't good in Indiana last year. Like the Pacers were better without him on the floor. But anyway, let's just okay. But in theory, Lance does those things better than your average shooting guard small forward. But that's not what you want. Like he, when faced with the pressure of really being the trigger man on offense and making sure the the ball gets to the right guy at the right place at the right time he's not good at it so he's not not as good as what not good enough for what you need so when when Lonzo is there or when you can put Lonzo and and LeBron together or Rondo and you have this one of those guys is always going to be on the floor add Ingram to that now you have even more options or whatever. When you have one or two of those guys available, now Lance is the secondary guy. Now Hart becomes the secondary guy. Kuzma, who is really trying to be a better passer this year. It's going to take some time. Yeah, he spent trying. the entire offseason working on his guard skills, but he's still not, you know, he's not a point forward yet. No. Or even no, anywhere no, 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 close. No, not even close. But the more, of the, whenever you add one more of those guys to the floor, it the it makes it easier for the secondary guys. They have a little more space. They have less attention paid to them when they try to do it, and that will make them better. And now the Lakers get more towards that uh, vision that they have of multiple players who can do multiple things on the floor at the same time. And also, too, I mean, while Lonzo is not going to be a panacea by himself. He's going to help the defense. He's not which, mana from heaven. No, he is not mana from heaven. Um, well, not until he signs with Clutch, if nothing else. Right. But he he is going to help this defense, which has been by and large pretty bad during the preseason. Yeah, and look, I mean, they were better last night. Forty three. They held. Um, ignore the hundred and thirteen points. Which, oh my god, that seems so. This is an up and down game. Right. Golden State is Golden State. They held them to forty three point uh, percent shooting, thirty percent from the perimeter. Granted, Kevin Durant 
you know, whether he was going to play more in the second half, robbed himself of the opportunity by fouling out. Steph Curry only played 26 minutes. Clay Thompson only played 27. But Draymond look, didn't play at all. Draymond didn't play at all. But you look at it from the Lakers' side, you know, Ingram only played 26 minutes. LeBron only played 18. Rondo played 19. Lonzo played. Josh Hart was limited because right. of that hamstring injury. Lonzo only played 23. So, you know, overall, it was a he better just, defensive He's one of the better perimeter defenders that they right. have. He, he's definitely the best perimeter holdover he from need, last year. He needs to be one of their better players that they have. Yes. And, and like, you know, when when they have the conversation about uh, the young guys versus the veterans and, like, who's going to play and how much and whatever, Hart, Lonzo, I mean, I'm not worried about Ingram's going to play 35 minutes a night. That's just how it's going to be. He's too good not to. But Hart, Lonzo, Kuzma, those guys – they KCP who's right. in his own weird category. He's in an odd spot and came, but 15 points, 17 points in the first half. Ca- we took KCP. 56 shots. Well, he, <laughs> I mean, he only took 14 <laughs> on the night. He had 20 points. He took a lot. He had tw- first but, he, but they went in. So stop it. Lay off. <laughs> they were, he not was, in the beginning. They did he not. hit five of ten shots in the first half. Andy, I know, I'm just saying in the beginning it was it was backloaded. But that's fine. all I'm saying. It's those fine. those it's count fine. just KCP as much as the fine. ones at the beginning. I'm, I'm joking. Lay off. Clutch isn't going to sign you. Relax. They're not. No. Damn it. Because if they did, <laughs> then I get to be a Laker. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so, you know, he had, I, I still like Hart as the, the starting guard here. And I think it's, that's eventually where all this is going. At the very least, Hart's going to be the finishing guard, uh, I think, in most games. But the, those guys, those young players, even taking KCP out of it for a second, they're the ones who need to be better. Like, if Lonzo isn't better or as good as Rondo, if, if, Kuzma's not better than Beasley. Like, this season's not going to go where it needs to go. There's no question. I mean, for, there was so much attention being paid during the offseason about the acquisitions of Lance and Beasley and JaVale McGee. And Lance, by the way, was pretty good last right. night. JaVale McGee actually has been terrific during the preseason. Exactly he, he what they need him to be. played his role quite well. And Rondo and, you know, the their personalities and the baggage that they bring and, the, you know, the meme team suicide squad – there's been so much focus on that because there there's this heightened impression of who they are. But the reality is, for this thing to go well, like you said, they are supplementing the kids who are more directly supplementing LeBron. If that is not the case, this thing went right. horribly wrong, and the front office has a lot of decisions in front of them that I don't think right now they, they expect to have to make. No, I don't think so. I, I agree with you. Nor do I think they're going you know, to have to JaVale make. and Rondo are, in different, are, are different because... They they fill role even if Lonzo, quote unquote, beats out uh, Rondo over the course. of Rondo the year, has a very Rondo still got a twenty five minute needed. right. He's going to play twenty five minutes a night regardless because he they didn't have a, he's the backup point guard and you know there will be times I think if Lonzo is playing well and the shot improves or conversely Rondo's shot improves uh, as a catch and shoot guy and Palinka talked about that at the press conference you know a couple weeks ago. Um, where the two of they're, they're going to try to play the two of them together, sure, um, and they should. So, you know, Rondo's going to play twenty five minutes a night. Javale's got a, a on any given night a fifteen to twenty something minute a roll uh, a night roll because there's nobody else there. And that, by the way, has been an issue during the preseason. Yes, like um, the the lack of bodies to put behind at the center spot, even in the positionless era behind Javale. Has been an issue. Well, let's get to that because you know Lonzo. I think we agree, like the, what that looked like and what that could look like. I was a fan. Yes, I was. Um, too. I, I I feel like this is going to be a good year for Lonzo because the pressure 
and the attention, it's not gone, but it's it's relieved. You have LeBron there, the expectations there, where people are going to be watching Ingram, watching Kuzma. There, and, and, you know, there are ex, there are obviously still high expectations for Lonzo, and there should be, but the 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 stuff, all the 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 machinery around it, the Lavar, really, really, it's just Lavar. That stuff's gone. Like nobody asked him about Lavar at media day. No, I mean, come up. I, I said this a lot last year during the thirty games that Lonzo missed, and I wrote about it in a recent piece for the Athletic. You and I are both contributing yeah, we're gonna be, there. Well, we're going to be referencing. The, it's going to come up three or four times our, our contributions to the Athletic. Yeah, over the course as, of this podcast. as well it should be. And until the entire world subscribes, right, we subscribes, are going to be, by the way through our pieces. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to make sure not Orem. Yeah, you have to make not sure Pete. That, well, why would anybody subscribe through Orem's work? Let's no, be honest. Or through Pete's our work, carrying their asses. But like Lonzo Lonzo is going to be a lightning rod for polarization. He's he's going to elicit a just a wild variety of opinions, but his abs, his absence has proven his worth, whether you're talking about last sure. year or during the or preseason. The pre-season. What he brings to the table has been made very clear when you don't have him. Right, and he's but he's he's obviously physically stronger this year. Um, he is he he is I think going to be better equipped to try to finish at the rim. We saw it a little bit last night against Clay, and you know he moved moved well without the ball. His only his his other bucket is I think it was his only was it not wasn't his only field goal. Uh, but one of his field goals in the second half came on, on the uh, the hoop from LeBron, the alley hoop from LeBron. That was in the first half, his only bucket in the first half, I should say. You know, he f- should fit in well, like Ingram should, like because they're smart guys who move well without the ball. I think it'll work. Um, but you talk about the backup center and the backup five and how the Lakers are going to do this small ball thing and still be able to defend. I wrote about this, Andy, on The Athletic, which really can subscribe to. Um. This is one of those situations where the Lakers are going to have to massage, the, you know, the the roster. Like it, it didn't, it they didn't over get all the skill sets figured out. Like Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson, because they were restricted by uh, you know considerations about next year, uh, because the Julius Randle thing didn't work out for a variety of reasons. Whatever, however you want to frame that. They don't have anybody to fill that role. It's Beasley. It's Kuzma. Beasley has been. I will say he's been better, better than, than I would you, have expected. But you but, also but don't want him playing. Enough. You don't want if he becomes your primary defensive option at the as a small ball five, then that limits what you can do with Kuzma. Like no question, it's not. I, it's not ideal. I, Kuzma, it's not ideal. Right. I'm just saying he's been better than I thought. Kuz, he would be. better than you thought. Kuzma's not ideal. LeBron doesn't really want to do it, um, and I get why. But he's. He's their best option right now. He's the resume wise, he's the best guy. What it means for Wagner's yet to play. Avita Zubats has clearly not earned the trust of Luke. Well, also too, he also isn't a small ball five. No, but I just mean he's a big ball five. Well, let's just say you want. Let's just say you went. Okay, we need a body at the five at this point, regardless of size. He just. Okay, but he he hasn't he hasn't done enough to make Luke Walton say, "All right, let's change our tack a little." I would would agree with that. That guy. The designated outside shooter, somebody who is able to knock down shots, whatever it is, the Lakers are going to have to do a good job this year of pulling guys out of their comfort zone, which is what Luke Walton has talked about with the sacrifice and you know he, how he's okay asking guys to do things that make them uncomfortable. 
the the other side of that is that's all front of the jersey stuff. Smart teams understand also that you have to make you have to pay attention to the back of the jersey as well because guys don't want to be put in positions where they're going to be made to look bad and if they are that's where Walton and the organization and all these they're all going to have to circle the wagons to protect guys to make sure that Kuzma doesn't get blamed for example for the Lakers not being able to crack the top 10 defensively because he's being asked to do things that he's not able to do people are going to look at it they're going to point at him he's going to be you know emphasized on the spot shadows on ESPN why all this isn't working and it's not fair to him so the Lakers and Luke Walton you know they're they're going to earn their money this year by keeping everybody bought in even while they're being asked to do things certain guys in the roster more than others are being asked to do things that they're not as good at it's going to be a test for Walton this year and then over the summer, they'll try to fill that. Well, I mean, look, you know this, too. I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot over the years. The dirty little secret about coaching or managing at the professional level, for as much as we love to lionize certain coaches or managers for you know their, their mind, you know, the basketball mind, the X's and O's and strategy, 85 to 90% of this job is keeping grown millionaires from killing each it's other. It's people management. It's yeah, people absolutely. management. I mean, people management and the people with big guy, people with big egos. Right. Even a guy like Brad Stevens, who everybody agrees is a fantastic basketball mind, he still has to get a lot of high end talent to all buy into a certain amount of sacrifice. Well, his challenge that his challenge this year is they got too many good players. Yes. And so nobody, Kyrie included, is going to be able to do. 100% of what they feel they're I mean, capable look, it, of doing. Papa, what's going on with the Spurs and Popovich and Kawhi Leonard and that drama before he eventually went to Toronto was it was the first time we ever saw Greg Popovich incapable of getting a player to buy in somehow. I mean, it was the first time yeah. like, ever that, it, you know, he had issues with LaMarcus Aldridge, but they managed to make it work out. You know, he had issues with Tony Parker early in his career. They managed to figure that out. It was like, I, mean, I guess... Other than the time he he sent Stephen Jackson home, <laughs> like essentially like, the culture, the culture, and it was Kawhi wasn't unhappy with his role. He was unhappy with how he was treated. I'm just saying, just but the buy culture in general failed. Yes, and, exactly. And we're so not used to seeing that with Greg. Right, Popovich. and if it ever happens where Kyrie or Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or whatever it is says stands up and says, "I want out." It's going to be weird because Brad Stevens has been so good at that. We'll probably look at the player like we did Kyrie when he forced his way out of Cleveland and go, yeah, "It's probably something wrong with him." Well, actually, that that leads to uh, what's going on with Minnesota. And well, yeah, hold on one second though, okay. we, and we'll get to that in a second because you know the, the 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 salve to all of this is winning. Sure, if the Lakers win are winning enough, then. No, nobody's going to complain about anything that they're able because you can't. So it's it's only it, it's sort of like the 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 the, the questions of well, what happens. You know, are the young guys going to get uh, less of a leash as the season goes on if the Lakers aren't where they're supposed to be? Well, the, if the Lakers are getting by as a sort of middle third, upper middle third defensive team, and Kuzma and Beasley are doing the best they can, and it's not great, but it's good enough. And the Lakers are still able to win because the offense ought to be really good. It'll be fine. If they're starting to lose, though, that's when the challenge for Walton and everyone else comes with, 
we got you. We, and he said, I asked him about this the other day. We have your back. We will defend you. It's up to you, though, to ignore that you might have been featured on Shaq and the Fool. Well, I mean, but that's also, though, something that I, you and I have largely thought Luke Walton has done a terrific job managing culture. Yes. But at least in my opinion, I think he didn't do a good enough job, for example, getting Julius Randle's back a little more often publicly than I think he could have in terms of recognizing with a player that wasn't feeling the love from an organization and wasn't feeling like his place on the team was as carved out as he would have liked to be, even if Luke's knowing in the back of his head, this guy ain't going to be along for the ride, you can do more publicly. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and, and I'm just I, saying I, think, I think most of the problems with Julius and the Lakers were more related to messaging from from above, that's Luke. fine. But but Luke, but you're right. But Luke I, can still Luke can still say things publicly to contradict right. what goes on inside the front right. office. It was sort of a weird combination of things too. And we'll get to the Butler thing here in a second. It was it was a weird combination of things where I do think Luke really did believe. And you know, Julius will tell you, like in practice, he's on me, but he was always communicating with me. He called me, we texted, we talked, whatever. I don't think fundamentally the problem was with Julius. Oh, I would agree with Luke, that. but like. So, like the 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 tactic that but you Luke still hear had, from him though more than you hear from Rob Blake right, or Magic, the, the, right? The, the tactic that he had with with Randall of kind of of of, of a, a lot of stick with, as opposed to carrot, I think worked and it was effective and it would have been fine if the larger messaging was. Dude, sure. you're, I'm not, I'm not you're trying in. to be overly critical no, I of Luke. I'm just saying this is something that he may have to approach a little bit differently. Given what you were talking and I, about, and before. I think the the biggest change is expectations. There was no player on the roster last year or the last, since he's been here that has had more juice than Luke. Mm-hmm. Now there is. Mm-hmm. There were no realistic expectations. Like if Luke had gotten this team to the playoffs last year, oh my god, he'd been he'd been canonized. Now there are. So the context is just different. No doubt. And so that'll make a big that'll be a big deal. Um, all right, uh, Minnesota. That was Craig. <laughs> so if you missed the story, Jimmy Butler basically uh, shows up to practice late, checks himself into a scrimmage with like the remaining scrubs left on the third team, and goes out and kicks the asses of Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and the rest of the guys in the first team. Starts screaming at uh, Scott Layden that the, you the bleeper, you mother bleepers can't win without right. me. Right, and he's he's which he's, is actually the, true. It's true. The the tra- the trash talking and all this stuff is is off the charts. And then when it's done, sits down with Rachel Nichols and describes the which, whole by thing. the way, had was a sit down that had already been planned. Correct. Before, Jimmy told before the first practice that he happens to show up. Right. I don't think these matters are unrelated. And I think that's true. But as Amin has pointed out, you still have to go in practice and and kick everybody's ass. No question. What I think is great about all this stuff is that, first things first, like if Minnesota turned around and said, you know what, we'll give you a max, all this probably goes away. Well, that's also, I mean, you were talking about what Amin said. Amin also had said, too, like, the and I heard Stan Van Gundy saying this in a sit-down reaction to the interview with Rachel Nichols talking with Gary. Who, by the way. 
is on a roll. Yeah. Man, Ra- she's on a roll. Rachel. Like, like th- this was a, I mean, Jimmy was ready to talk. There was no question. Jimmy really wanted to talk, but she still got a ton out of him. So this, yeah, the, the Cuban thing, the jump has been if awesome. You, if in you the have the opportunity right now to buy stock in Rachel Nichols, buy, 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 now, buy, because, because you probably, you may, too you late. may already be priced out. Late. But yeah, so she's on a, she's doing good work. Um, <laughs> Which is really oh, yeah, surprising. But but Stan Van. <laughs> it hasn't really been know, the case right. before. She's been such a hack until this point. <laughs> uh, but Stan Van. Right. I uh, said that the, the one dishonest thing Jimmy Butler said in this interview with Rachel Nichols was that, you know, this isn't about the money. This is purely about competitiveness. No, of course it's about the money. No, it, this would it's all about, go it, away if he got the contract right. he wanted. It's not not about the competitiveness. No, it it's is. not Two not about the other. The exactly. But if you paid him. And, you know, and it's what to do with Jimmy Butler as a free agent. Like, who would give him that? That's a separate question. But what I think is is just amazing about this is that duality of it all. Like, it, it was orchestrated, and it's it was uh, about as organic as an Oreo cookie. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, no, nothing about But he it. even said himself, like, it probably was not the best way to handle yeah, this. Yeah, no, not at all. But, like, it's all of those But things. he's just so competitive, Brian. He is. He just wants to win. But he's also not wrong. Like, Andrew Wiggins kind of sucks. You he know, certainly is an overpaid, underachieving, underachieving player, guy. especially at the money. Right. And, like, in a, he is the guy. That, and, like, I, I understand, like, in a market like Minnesota, why you feel like. Like, he's, he was. Remember a few years ago when I was like, I don't want to be the guy who has to sign Andrew Bynum? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been the one, the guy who wanted to have to sign Andrew Wiggins because you know no. you're going to be disappointed by no, that. And Carl Anthony Towns, as, as good as he is, he does not bring it on both sides of the ball consistently. But at least he, but he brings it a lot sure. more than Wiggins. But I'm saying I, I get, I how, get, the fr- and I get, because he's supposed to be right. your transcendent guy. And he's already been paid as such. And so I mean, if you're Jimmy Butler, you look at this and you go, you gave that guy all this money. Like you, you gave him that. You knew what he was, and you gave it to him anyway. You know what I am, and debate whether he's got two good years, three good years, four good years left, or whatever. I am light years better than him. Having and I, so I understand the frustration there. He's right about those guys. I wouldn't. I, they're not the types of dudes who can lead you to the top of a conference, talented as they might be. But woof. <laughs> I mean, I mean this, this is the thing, though, because it's so I, I will stipulate that everything you're saying is correct. I, and I will stipulate. And I don't think anybody will argue that the Timberwolves are a clown show organization that uh, Tom Thibodeau is in the lame duck. Uh, he's in a lame duck period right now in a job that I would not have hired him in the first place to do. And I thought was going to be a disaster when they hired him. Stipulating all of that. If I'm a team around the league. I am really wary about bringing Jimmy Butler into my into my organization. Oh God, yes! Not just because you know he's been playing for Tibbs and Tibbs grinds his players to a pulp, and he's already got injury issues in the past, but he seems like a guy that a thinks he's better than he is. Yep. Jimmy Butler is a good player. I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is because he seems to fancy himself one of like the top like five, six players in the league, he ain't that He's good. not that good. And also, too, he seems really tough to make happy. This is the second team now right. with the Bulls and the Timberwolves. Well, I saw, so I forget, I think it was Woj's Twitter feed or someone's Twitter feed where they like they had the quote from that exec where it's like, everywhere Jimmy goes, it becomes all about Jimmy. Right. Not, not even like to the extent of, 
Like, it's about LeBron when it's LeBron. Right, it's it about, about, it was right. about Kobe. We it's, covered it's right. those it's teams. It's all about those guys, but it's, it's not in a way that's. Well, you gotta be good enough. Right. I mean, look, Kobe, Kobe was as high maintenance an athlete as you and I have ever been around. Right. He's every... also the second best shooting guard of all time. <laughs> right. Everybody so okay. walked on eggshells around him in that organization. Like you were handed a carton of eggs when you got there so right. you could throw them in front of yourself. He, but he was he is one of the greatest ever. ever. And Jimmy Butler's not no, that No, Jimmy great. Butler's really good. And as we've also talked about on a few occasions, I've said this before, I find it very telling, especially now when he does this sit down with Rachel Nichols about, you know, the importance of competitiveness and winning, which I don't I don't doubt his sincerity entirely. But it makes it even more telling that all of the teams on his reported list are all worse than the one he's trying to leave. They just happen to be in larger markets and yeah, in the, mean, you know possibility the, the to counter, give him a max the, the deal. Counter, well, right. He wants to get like, he wants to get paid. All of those teams are teams that can add another guy too. So I mean, in fairness, not all, not all. Not Miami certainly is not. No, one but of Miami, those. but Miami is one of those teams that you go to. If Miami will pay you, you go to Miami, and then that's one of the places. Like that's a serious franchise. They're serious, but you they're can, not going to win. But they're but they're they're a, not going to win though. You can at least claim. You can at least talk about Miami like a real place. Um, you wouldn't if it wasn't in sunshine. I mean, if he if he said he wanted to go to Sacramento, <laughs> no, but it w- but it's Pat Riley. It's they're you know. not going to win. Their their roster is capped out is like a sure. four or five. First and foremost, East. he Max. obviously wants to get paid. But he also cares about market. He cares about being the guy. And I'm just saying, th- this stunt, as awesomely entertaining as it was for us, I should do it again. Should and do it I, every day. Oh, I mean, My, every day. Miles Brown on Twitter, ha- I think it's at Modot Brown, had the best line I've heard about this. The Wolves should keep him all season and just charge for uh, yeah, admission for all the day. practice uh, every time. I agree. But I would be super wary about bringing that guy to my organization. Yeah, me too. I, um, I don't think this has necessarily served him well. In terms of what he's trying to make happen long term, yeah, and but we'll, we'll see. see. But there's so many reasons people were already going to be nervous about paying him. So now I think that just gets even more accentuated. But again, it was fun for us. It was great, and again, he should do it every day. Oh, I in our every opinion, day. he handled it totally the right every way. Every day, that was 100 percent professional. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, all right, off the charts, professional. Quick show today. Uh, we'll we're going to try to sneak one more in as the preseason winds down on Friday. We'll do some you know, regular season predictions. We'll get and our, look to do this more regular. It's been we're tough. trying, but it's, we got we got we got things. We promise to we're, keep we're, trying. We're, we always try. We always try. Mm-hmm. All right. See you next time. Later.